Deontay, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Crafted, Crafted Podcast. Podcast. What's up, everybody? Um, thank you for tuning in with us today. It's a new episode, a new day, and this is the Crafted Podcast. So how's your week been, Bay? My week has been, uh, it's been, I don't know, I'm always looking for a new word to describe it. My week has been eventful, I should say. I had a lot. Sorry if my voice sounds deep. Listen, these allergies and these sicknesses are kicking my butt this season, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just back to back. I'm like, dang, I have one good week and then here I am back again. But anyways, I've had a few IEP meetings this week. I've had, you know, uh, being a mom this week. What else? Oh my gosh, I took this new little assessment thing. Well, it's not new actually, but it's called the Gallup Clifton Strengths Assessment. Mm -hmm. And so it has like 35 strengths and you take this long 20 minute test and it basically tells you what are your top five strengths and you have to pay for it. But my principal at my school was like, hey, I want to know more about you. Here's this book. And so she gave me like an access code so I could take the test. And so, you know, I got to see my strengths. And so my number one was achiever. And so I thought that was kind of cool and interesting, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, you should you should pay for it. I don't know. I'm kind of like one of those people that likes to know about myself. Like, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of mm. weird, huh? But I think you should I mean, I think it. it's just a weird saying. Like, I like to know about myself. Like, you don't know about yourself? Well, I'm, I feel like I'm... I, pride myself in being a very self-aware person Mm -hmm. and so I think um, I like to get even more self-aware to know like what are my qualities what are the things that make me as a person who am I you know what is it's part of my identity and so I like the personality test because it gives you insight into yourself like oh that's why I tend to do that because you know whatever Hmm. okay and, you know, an interesting fact is I took that other, is there's another personality test that's really popular. I forgot the name of it, but it, um, the personality type I got is the defender and it's the rarest personality type. However, in a school site group with all these school sites, like over like 10,000 school sites in it, like the majority of us had this explicit personality type called the defender. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I guess it's very introspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for me, my my week has been it's been just a normal week, uh, for me really. Um yeah, we, we nothing nothing too eventful really. Um, like I said, at work my graphic design projects have been like coming. I still have stuff I have to do, but it's not as busy as it was. So I'm kind of in a mellow spot. Um, I had a job interview um, last week, actually. For, Come on, somebody. Um, yeah, for an actual like school district. So, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, hopefully I get the results this week. Um, and they say, hey, you're, we, you're we're wild. Hired. You're wild for talking about a job interview yeah. when you're working for another job. And they're going to be like, bro, you always crack me up because yeah. you do not be caring. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, I mean, Listen, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I don't know. You just. Well, number me up. one, I mean, I don't know if my like, I don't think like my well, the only person people that's really going to matter is like HR, and my boss. I don't even really think my coworkers are listening. I mean, and if they are, if you're listening, come by my desk tomorrow and give me ten dollars. 
I'm so that'll, rolling. that'll show if they actually listen to it or not. But my like the boss, like my boss and HR, they ain't like let me go on Keontae's podcast and see what he talked about. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> just anybody could hear, somebody could snitch. I just don't trust people like that. Like, well, I don't think. I mean, but that I don't think like that's it's not, not a bad yeah, thing necessarily. Bad. <laughs> but you know, once you that people find out you're trying to leave, they might try and push you out. That's how I feel like. Mm, okay. But listen, if they push you out, then it was meant to happen anyways. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. You know, so but anyway, yeah, I mean, so I'm really hoping that that job comes through. <laughs> Not that my job right now is bad. Like, I actually love my job. I tell people all the time that the place that I'm working right now, like really since I, uh, you know, really, really stepped into the graphic design world because I was doing freelance jobs for so long um, and getting paid that way and essentially working on like my off time and my other job or just at home. But this job was the actual first graphic design job, like my first corporate graphic design job. You know, and the church was at a corporate job. Uh, well, the church is a, I mean, it's a corporation, but it's a, you know, it's a churches Public. are like nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or 501c3. This is a private corporation. Yeah. Um, and you know, just working there, you know, this, I'm talking about like corporation where like where they have like mass layoffs and bonuses and, you know, whole marketing. So like a for-profit plans. organization. Yeah. Okay, you know what I, I mean? That. But, um, yeah, this environment here, like, man, it's just so relaxed. You just kind of work at your own pace type thing. Um, man, like we, like I, I used to be able to just talk to like one of the owners. We used to have like tea time. People bring their dogs into work and we'd be having like office dogs. So it's a great environment, but you know, as with everything, like I'm just looking to really just excel more, you know, um, when it comes just to the world of, of graphic design and yeah, just, I'm just looking for, always looking for better we're opportunities. Also, yeah. I was going to say, we're always looking for new opportunities. Plus I think he's going to be working for Disney. I used to say, Oh, you're going to probably be working for Disney or Tesla, but I don't know. Tesla, that man is a little, <laughs> he a little, he on his Kanye West. And so I'm a little, you know, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move into, uh, our random fact of the day. Um, speaking of Tesla, because you know Elon Musk, he's also the owner of a uh, SpaceX. Okay. Um, and so my Dang, random. Dang, did I segue you into that? That's mm-hmm. perfect. Look, look at that. And so my random fact that today, dealing with space again, because mine was it was dealing with space last week actually, but this is derived from a conversation I was having with somebody, and they didn't really know this. But have you ever heard the phrase um, "one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind"? Yes. So that was so that was said by Neil Armstrong, who was the first person um, on the moon. Yes. Um, actually, another segue, like not a part of this random fact, but with him being the first person to step on the moon, you guys should definitely check out a show called um, um, "For All Mankind." That's on Apple TV. Bruh, it's such a bomb series. It's about space and the space race, but it flips because instead of a American man landing on the moon for the first time, it was actually a Russian person landing on the moon. And so, like, I don't know, it just goes into everything changing, but not to segue too much. But anyway, <laughs> going back to that statement, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong actually didn't say that. Well, he didn't say it that way. Okay. It actually goes... That's one he said when he got out when he got out of the the um what was it called the spaceship yeah not that it wasn't well yeah the spaceship but the moon lander once he got out of the moon lander he said all right this is one small step for a man but that's one giant leap for mankind so it's not it's not too cha- it's not changed too much one small step for a man 
Uh, same thing. Not necessarily. Like what a lot of a lot of like scholars over the years have always said that it's pro- it shouldn't be that way because gra- grammatically that doesn't make it doesn't make sense. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It sounds good, but and man would be technically mankind. mankind. So it's like one small step for mankind and one giant leap for mankind. Exactly. And so anyway. I just like no, but but I thought I thought everybody actually well not everybody but I thought a lot of people actually knew that it was actually one small step for a man because like after I was talking to this person about it it was like no if you Google it like you Google it you can see like there are shirts that actually say it the way that I'm saying it okay and we Google it and I was like wow there are actual like shirts that said it but then like I Google an actual interview of Neil Armstrong or whatnot that plays the actual recording and himself he's like yeah. I said one small step for a man. And so anyway. That's so funny. <laughs> I wonder if he like thought about that when he was making the statement. Like, was he like, ooh, what am I going to say when I get up there? I'm pretty sure. Are you flying up to the moon? You're the first person. If I was the first He's person like, on the moon, I would have said, booga booga. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy. Also, too, just a, just another bonus random fact. You ever heard some, you ever heard people always say like, Houston, we have a problem. Yes. No astronaut in real life has even ever said that. <laughs> Oh. That's just that was just from a movie. That was from Apollo, the Apollo movie with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks says it in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I thought somebody actually said that. Yeah, but no, no astronauts. Ever you know, said it's that. funny. I really don't know anything about space. Like, hey, this is was it? Did it last week? You talked about space. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you're in your space mood, huh? Oh man, I love space. But yeah, so I don't really know anything about space. Like, I don't know how many people have been to the moon. I don't know if anybody's been anywhere else. I don't know. And then I I do know that some people think that nobody ever really made it to space. And then they showed like a clip of him on the moon, and they were like, "What the heck? There's better graphics that, or something like they're saying like, oh, somebody made the graphic or whatever. I don't mm. know. Anyways, I just think it's funny, and I don't know. I just don't really think about space. I'm like, listen, I'm on Earth, so. I mean, that is funny. There is a lot of conspiracy theories. Like it's the you know the government they making you think that we landed on the moon. My my question to that always is for what. If the government stage, yeah. if the government stage us landing on the moon, what what, what does that, that do? Yeah. There's a, they should do they should stage a lot more stuff like aliens and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> right, but anywho, moving on to our next segment for our let's get deep question of the day. Today's question is: What tattoos do you have, or would you want to get? What tattoos do I have? I do not have currently any tattoos. Yeah, none of us do. And what would I want to get? I don't know. The reason why I don't have any tattoos, number one, it's not, you know, so like philosophical and religious and everything. Um, It's really because I can't think of anything that I would permanently want on my body, really. And at one point, I wanted a Tweety Bird, which I would have been mortified if I would have got that. I also wanted to get the boss for life tattooed on me with with the S with two money signs. (laughs) And it was going to be D-A space boss with two money signs, the number four, L-Y-F-E. So, like, oh you know, goodness. like, when you think of stupid things like that and you would have actually got that at one point, then you just know, like, I'm like, I don't want to get anything I regret. Now, I also, I would, if I got a tattoo, I would consider getting our anniversary date or maybe your yeah. name tattooed on me or your initials or something like that. And that's because, honestly, we're just locked in. 
But you know it's so funny. I hear like, oh, there's a curse. Once you get somebody's name tattooed on you, you guys break up or whatever. And, you know, I think it's just funny because I don't think there's really anything that could break us up, um, you know, at this point. But I don't know. <laughs> that was funny. A tweet bird. All right, <laughs> Lot 29. <laughs> um, oh, I used to love Lot 29. Yeah, we all did. Lot 29 was my thing. For me, um, I mean, like I said, I don't have any tattoos either. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I necessarily really don't want a tattoo right now. I would float the same idea as you, like at our anniversary, like maybe tattooed on my ring finger. Um, but I can say, boy, when I was back in high school, um, everybody, some of our friends were getting tattoos already in high school. But even then, there was always just one tattoo I always wanted. And this is and it was because. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, and it's because I started playing piano. Like, I bought me a keyboard and was learning how to play the piano. And y'all, from listening to this podcast, you know that I'm just deeply in love with music. And so when I first got my piano and started learning how to play the piano, I don't know. I must have thought I was about to be like some Vladimir Horowitz or like Beethoven <laughs> or something. And yeah, like, I'm going to be the greatest piano player ever. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get music notes tattooed on my fingers. <laughs> like on my, like kind of by the knuckle area or whatnot. So when I'm playing, I can see the music notes. It was, that, that was, I'm just so glad I didn't uh, go through with that one. You should, you I could, still love the piano. I was going to say, you could get music notes and just get it to play a melody that you like. You know, like the music mm. notes could be actual. You know, so oh, you mean you, like get a scale in my hand? Oh, that's huh. that's kind of cool. Huh? That'd be like interesting. That's an interesting song. thought. Our wedding song, hmm. our the song that reminds you of me. No, I'm just kidding. But anywho, way to turn it about me, huh? Yeah, but anywho, yeah, like I just thought I, I don't know. I must have just thought I was about to be Robert Glasper or something. I mean, I still love the piano. And I, matter of fact, I have a. I'm looking at a piano right now in our room, right next to my bed. Like I still play the piano every now and then. My kids love coming, love to come here and play it though too, especially Josie. Hey, this is how we started with a piano next to the bed. That's crazy. Now that I think about it, I didn't even like link that together. Yeah. That's our first crazy. apartment. I had a my first apartment. I had me a Yamaha. What was it a Y35? A Y35 uh, keyboard. Yeah. So now I have a pre. I have a Previa. One day, though, I'm going to get me either a, a new edition of a Cork Triton or some type of Roland, um, Roland keyboard. Wow, but. don't know what that is, but that's cool. Yep. All right. Man. Well, let's, get into our, let's, uh, let's get into our forever segment. Yes, let's get into our forever segment. Man, I'm really not going to have a voice tomorrow. I could, like, literally hear my voice going away as we continue. But anyways, so if by the end of this I sound, I mean, I already sound like a teenage boy, but if I sound like, you know, <laughs> I don't even know what, whose voice is like that gone? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess that, that fell flat. Okay. Anyways, so our forever segment. So today we're going to be talking about the specific differences in man and woman mm-hmm. that cause like, they could cause conflict or not necessarily cause conflict, but you know, just differences, differences in how we communicate, differences in our brain, all that kind of good stuff. So, did you know that on average, men have an advantage in like spatial abilities? You know what spatial abilities are? You mean like knowing like directions and stuff like that? Knowing, kind of like, but knowing where things are oriented in space, like how to get somewhere essentially and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So men have... Um, better spatial abilities and i just thought that was interesting but women have like a holistic um 
brain. And so basically their brain integrates emotions into their communication where men, um, the spatial abilities, um, basically shows that they have like abstract ways of communicating. And so I just thought that was interesting. I mean, I don't know exactly what that means necessarily, but I just think that was pretty cool. And I kind of think that it goes into how women, you know, they say women are emotional and men are logical and stuff like Mm. that. Women be getting lost too. Yeah. Listen, but not all women. Some women are, you know, they got a little, a little differences. So I think that that could cause, you know, because women get so emotional and passionate in their, in their um, communication and and stuff like that. And I think that that sometimes could cause an issue in marriage. And men can be so matter of fact sometimes. I think that could cause an issue in marriage. But then, you know, it's crazy is that not everybody fits that mold. And so then that could cause an issue. Like, oh, you think hmm. you're a man kind of thing. I don't know. I just think that's interesting. But there's also the hormonal differences. And so since men have a higher level of testosterone, yeah, they usually have a more assertive and direct communication style. Oh, but, oh, definitely. This is definitely true. But yeah, also men in society are praised for having that communication style. Whereas if women have an assertive or direct communication style, they're thought of she's bossy, bossy. or she's a B word or, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. is. But our estrogen levels um, cause us to have a more more empathetic communication style and a more emotional communication style. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well because it's true for most women. But here again, when you don't have that style, then, um, you know, it could cause issues as well. And Hmm. so I just think it's interesting because sometimes a man might be like, you need to communicate directly. I don't understand what that means. And other times if you communicate directly... Then a man could be like, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, you think you're a man or don't talk to me like that. I feel disrespected, all that kind of stuff. So what do you think about that? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say too, because I was going to say that I feel like men, they, we do speak directly. I was just going to say, because I feel women speak indirectly because of a lot of what you do. Like we'll be, the house will be cold, right? And instead of saying, babe, can you go turn on the heater? You will tell me, you will not even tell me directly. You would just utter five different phrases of the house being cold. Ooh, I wish I had a blanket. Ooh, it's just it feels just so breezy in here. Man, but you I'm know what's so cold. funny? Like, you what? know it's so funny? Even though I say that, I don't necessarily want you to turn on the um the heater. It's funny because I'm just like vocalizing my complaint. But since men are naturally fixers, they think, oh, She's asking me for help. What can I fix? And men want to feel needed and they want to feel that, you know, mm-hmm. the ability to fix it. And so even though I'm communicating that, I'm not necessarily really, if I really wanted you to turn on the heat, I'd probably just go turn it on myself or ask you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is interesting. But also um, to go into communication. um so women, I said that women use both hemispheres. I think I said that already, but it adds for more comprehensive uh, language ability. So we use a lot more words, you know, it's more, it's more in depth, essentially, where men, I already said that they have that spatial processing, good spatial processing. And so a lot of times they visualize the information and communication. And I didn't know that when I'm talking, I'm not picturing anything. Are you picturing things when you're talking? I picture everything when I talk. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, especially, but I don't know. I I mean, I didn't know that that was, like, normal. I just thought that that was, (laughs) not normal, but I just thought that was what I do 
a lot of the times. I don't, I don't do it all the time, but I, I thought that's what I do a lot of the times because I'm a poet by nature. So I write poetry and everything that I try to write, whether it's even me just writing a post on, on Facebook, I'm visualizing it as a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so. so interesting to me. But yeah, when I'm thinking about words or when I'm talking, I'm literally just talking. I don't picture pictures. And I'm kind of interested in to know who is picturing pictures and how many people are picturing pictures when they're talking, you know? And so um, socialization kind of leads women to be encouraged to express our emotions openly and we have like a more expressive communication style. You know, all of our feelings are all into it. Whereas men are basically socialized to be independent, self-reliant, rely on yourself, pick your up, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. And you know, you, you're a man, you could do it. You know what I mean? And it's so funny how we teach boys and girls that even at a young age, like, you know, and so I kind of don't know where that really came from. I just think it's interesting how that is how our society is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, who's to say that that's the right way, you know? Yeah. But listen, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough. I don't know if it's serious enough to change that necessarily. But I think it's important for both men and women to be able to express their emotions and their feelings, right? Yeah. And, you know, but I think that that's so true in a marriage. Like, you tend to um, hold a lot of things in and not express your emotions very frequently. Not that in a negative way, like, you know, not necessarily. It's not like, oh, it's it's like he's just a, a shell case or whatever. But me, I tend to, well, actually, I kind of tend to close up too, huh? Mm-hmm. A little bit. And so, but that also, because women are expected to be so emotional and expressive like that, you know, sometimes that could cause, you know, you're expecting your wife to be fitting society's norms. And so that could cause an issue. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like, I think it's, I think it's interesting with you too, because I feel like just by you saying that, where you say, like, because your personality type, where you have somebody would say, like, oh, women are expected to be like this, you're going to go, you're going to try to do the exact opposite. Oh, abza- absolutely. <laughs> so that's where I feel that's, I, that's where I feel it's interesting. Because if women are expected to just show this type of emotion and, you know, just this femininity or whatnot, you're going to try to reserve it just to, just to beat the status quo. I'm really, no, not, not necessarily with some things I am like that, with some things I am like that, but you know, not everything is so, oh, gung-ho, some things is just really intrinsically myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's with how I was raised. Number one, I mean, I have six brothers, you know, and I was raised by a dad who was a SWAT team leader, a Vietnam veteran, and he really left his mark on us. I mean, he, he, he continues to leave his mark on us. You know what I mean? Like he, he was a really strong alpha male father. And so he really like, you know, we all, all of my siblings, we have like his traits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like really deep. And so I just think that that is interesting. But yeah, in a lot of ways though, I am really extremely rebellious in that way. So mm. I do agree and I disagree at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But yeah, so um, empathy and emotional intellig- intelligence. So women usually em- um, show an empathetic response and communication and um, we do we kind of consider and 
take in everybody else's emotions before we respond. And so, you know, whereas men, they lean more towards an analytical approach. They're like problem solving, like, listen, I don't need to express these emotions. I need to figure out how to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. So that's what men do a lot. Um, With coping, this is interesting, too, because women are more likely to seek emotional support from others. And so and men are not they're more likely to be independent or just action oriented. And so I am, uh, I mean, I'm really action oriented too. It's funny cause I could literally be both sides of the coin, you know, like sometimes I seek the emotional support from my friends depending on what it is, but I don't typically talk to a lot of people about my marriage unless you're like really irritating me kind of thing. Sorry, <laughs> but you know, um, but yeah, typically, um, you know, I, I tend to be pretty action oriented. How can we get from step A to step B? Or I tend to be like, oh, well, I don't care anyways, you know? Yeah. So I tend to be like that. Um, you, what do you tend to be? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm action oriented sometimes. Like, I just try to get things done, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of fit the bill of, you know, of what... Independent. You're independent, so you don't need to talk to your friends and talk to everybody when we have an issue. Yeah, I mean, like, we we just... I discuss things with my friends. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of in the same, you know, same ballpark as you. But most of the time, like I said, when if we get into, like, conflict or something like that, my, my thought process is just try to nip it in the bud from where we're at. You know, to where I don't have to go with days and really just talk to somebody about it and talk through it. More serious things, yeah, I might talk to somebody, talk to my friends about it, but, you know, for the most part, yeah, I just kind of work through it and keep chugging. Yeah. You know what I think is funny? That's why, like, on social media, you always see women, when they go through a breakup or something, or their man is acting cuckoo, they always are the ones going on social media. It's so subliminal. You know? And it's like they're seeking that emotional support <laughs> from their online people, you know? Their audience, yeah. Yeah, and men, they just be going on with their merry lives, okay? <laughs> just posted regular, like, nothing has ever happened. They don't, you know, the, women do, like, the big dramatic posts. And not to knock any women. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a negative thing. But women tend to do that, like, you know, even when, uh, even, like, Oh, I'm just satisfied and single, that kind of Finally thing. Finally free. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or like, I can't believe uh this this man or this N-word uh can't even pick up the phone for his kids, you know, like that. But men don't typically post like that. And I think that's kind of funny. And, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily gonna get the emotional support that they want or need, but I don't know. I just think it's interesting. That might be a whole nother topic for another day because we could go in on that one probably. <laughs> but yeah. And so the last one is um, gender norms and social influence. And so um, basically how society is shapes our communication and our behaviors. And women are really encouraged to be more indirect and use supportive language. And, you know, we're encouraged to say, Oh, I'm so cold. And then while you have your jacket on, instead of, can you put, can you give me your jacket? <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. that. Up, Where yeah. men are encouraged to be more assertive and direct. 
And I just want to think, I just think it's funny because like sometimes you might say to me, like you should be more direct or whatever. But then if I'm more direct, then men feel like they're being disrespected. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so what, what's up with y'all? Well, it just depends. Well, I don't think it's weird. Like, I think there's a way. Well, I think most men feel that there's a way to be, because you can be direct but be just normal. Sometimes the directness, it sounds like it's coming with a little bit of like, I don't know, a little bit of spice behind it, a little bit of spice, a little bit of sarcasm, a little bit of I don't know, irritation behind it. And so I think that's where we get a little, you know, where we get a little sideways on that. I don't know. I feel like the male ego is very funny because they want one thing, but then they profess another thing. And I just think that nobody should like communicating directly is just communicating directly. Why is it that somebody that a man can be like, Oh, uh, close the door for me. But then when a woman wants the door closed, can you please close the door for me? We have to do that. No, I want to keep that same energy. Close the door for me. You know what I mean? But no, but it should be both ways. Like it should be mentioned, ask things nicely. But no, but it's not, it's not pushed for men to do that. Whereas it's pushed for women to do that. And so I kind of, with that regard, I kind of don't like that. Especially since I tend I communicate indirectly at times, but I tend to kind of be a direct and straightforward communicator. And so I think a lot of times that a woman's assertiveness can be misconstrued as aggression Mm -hmm. and assertive does not equal aggressive. And so one thing I'm really good at is like, let's say I'm communicating directly with you, for instance, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're being disrespectful. And, you know, I'm like, listen, my intention is not to be disrespectful, but I'm not going to dim my light. I'm not going to dim what I'm saying to, to basically, uh, comfort the male ego. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think women should have to do that. I just don't. And so like, it's crazy. Like, you know, I don't know. I just, that's a whole nother topic. Men, I just think men are, y'all are strange out there. (laughs) Mm. That's just men though. Yeah. It's just, just, I guess the way we naturally wired. But I think that men look for that because they feel like that's what that's how women should be naturally wired. Like we look to you as like the softer species, and so I guess that's why we looking for softer responses. I don't know. And then I'm like, listen, as soon as I gotta go to work and and work forty hours a week, the softness is. Well, actually, I I want to work, honestly. Like, don't get me wrong. But listen, we both out here hustling, okay? Like, Uh I can be soft. I'm soft. I'm soft where it matters, okay? okay. I'm soft where it matters, I I feel like. But, you know, with my communication style, I don't necessarily feel the need to necessarily change my communication style. Now, there is a difference, though, between being assertive and being aggressive. Some people are just aggressive, you know? Yeah. Like, some people just are, you know? And so, I think that um, as long as people take into account, like, am I being helpful? Am I being, is this important to say? Is this true? Is this necessary to say? Is this kind? And so, as long as people are taking into consideration the think acronym as it's uh, called so true helpful important necessary kind is it those things and if it's not then it's not necessary to say so 
the delivery is important as well, I guess. You don't want to be rolling your eyes and stuff like that. And so I think it's just something to to keep into consideration when you're into a conflict with your husband or wife because there's many different nuances and what you interpret as as a issue or disrespect might just be one of the things that make them a woman or a man or make them that person, you know? Yeah. But yeah, there. thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> All right. So, you have any final thoughts before we switch over? Oh no, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm fine. All right. Well, since you don't have anything to say, then let's go into our roots and bloom section. Mm-hmm. And so, in honor of Christmas and the Christmas season, okay, let's talk about our practices, our kids' Christmas practices. So, baby, can you explain how we do Christmas in this family? Well, so far since we have kids, um, well, number one, we still do the Santa thing with our kids. Like we. I feel it's important for kids to really have an imagination, you know, um, and things like that. Don't get me wrong. Our kids know who Jesus is. They know about the story of Jesus. We got them in church or whatnot. But, you know, it's 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 even it's even statistically proven, like, you know, the kids that have like, excuse me, kids that have like, you know, imaginations and great things like that. They grow up to do great things. So, um but getting into what we do with them for Christmas, we give them gifts. But in the span of gifts, what we've been doing, we do the four quadrants where it's something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. Um, so we do gifts on that plane. Uh, this year, we actually started doing the elf on the shelf thing. So that's kind of new. Um, and, you know, we do all the other stuff. We do the Christmas lights. We watch the Christmas movies. We've been watching Grinch, Home Alone 2. And, um, yeah, we, we, we get festive. Yeah, we festive over here. So we love, well, I don't know if we love holidays, but I love holidays, okay? Mm-hmm. I love making all the holidays magical for my children. I don't care what holiday it is, okay? I like to celebrate everything with them. And I just think it's so important to have these memories with them, especially as children, like, they're little and you know you think back to your christmas memories and your uh specific holiday memories with you know whatever you think about it could be happy sad some of your negative memories are on holidays some of your positive memories are on holidays and so i try to make every holiday season special for the children and i think at this point my husband at first he wasn't as into it as me but I think at this point, we have all the buy-in. Do we have all the buy-in from you, babe? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think I think with me even now, like, I kind of live through, I kind of live like the childhood that I kind of wanted through my kids or through what we do for the kids, so. Yeah. You know. So we do. We have the buy-in. Because at first, when I would be like, okay, let's put up these lights and stuff, he'd get a little, you know, a little slight, a little slight attitude, like, ugh. I'm like, come on, these are my baby's memories. You better get up there and put them lights mm-hmm. up. But yes, so um, like he said, we do something you want. So that's anything that a child wants. We do something they need, something that we feel they need, or it could be like, you know, something fun that they need, like to this year something they need or some little um, 
some little um things to put on their Nintendo Switch to hold it like a oh, the covers, the silicone yeah, covers, yeah. To hold it like a um controller. Yeah, like a controller. And so I think they'll like that a lot. Um, we do something you wear, which usually it has to do like with a pair of shoes or maybe a whole outfit. So this year we did shoes and a jacket and so it's, you know, cute for us. You know, they don't care about that as much. We also do something you read and listen, we want to foster those literary imaginations. And so I think that's important. And we always do an extra gift from Santa because I feel like, you know, one gift is one thing, but come on, two gifts, two gifts is cool. And then we always fill the stocking. So they do end up getting quite, even though it sounds like, dang, your kids only get four gifts each. But it also, it actually ends up being quite a lot of things because I fill them stockings up, okay? Mm-hmm. Barbies and Legos and candy and all the good stuff and so you know i think their memories are super important like my husband said this year we're doing the elf and so for so many years we were like nope nope we refused nope and this year i was like let's just do it and he was like okay let's do it and so we've been doing it it's kind of fun for us it's cool to see them get up in the morning and look for them and you know, the different notes and stuff. Look, one of the elves looking at me right now. I'm like, stop looking at me. <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of cool to do that. And so they're really enjoying it. They really think that they're moving them at night and stuff. And so we get to encourage them to have good behavior, encourage them to think about their choices and all that fun stuff. And so, um, you know, we, we like he said, we tell them about Jesus, and we tell them, listen, Jesus made Santa, and Santa gives gifts because it's Jesus' birthday, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, we have the whole Christmas spirit over here. We do our, um, we try to do our own tradition, too, where we make horchata. And, oh, yeah, make and, it from scratch. Yeah, we make horchata from scratch, and so we've done that for a few years. I think my husband might have did it by himself last year, because I kind of can't mm-hmm. remember doing it. We got it. Yeah, so I think he did it by himself last year. And so the horchata is really for us in August. We're the only people that like it. Actually, Josie probably might like it this year, but Autumn's not really into it. But maybe we should make a strawberry horchata this year. My husband's a purist, so. Yeah, I'm very like pure on stuff, like. I mean, it's cool when I go to places and they have, like, different things. Like, oh, we don't just have a cookies and cream shake. We have a cookies and cream caramel with strawberry on top. Just give me the regular cookies and cream. Like, I, that's that's what I grew up on. That's what I need. <laughs> or even with horchata. They be trying to get fancy with horchata. Oh, now we have, like, this creme brulee horchata with a little hint of hibiscus. Like, just give me the straight-up King Taco horchata with the rice that I can taste at the bottom. You know, some people make it with almonds, too. I think last year I tried to do almonds, but then I didn't end up liking the almond. Mm. So that's what that's what I think we did. And then I was just like, I ain't doing it again or something. I don't know. Something happened last year. But we do horchata. We put out the cookies and stuff for Santa, which my husband tears up every year. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else? What else do we do? Anything? I mean, technically, for the past, what, three has it been three years? The past three years, we've been doing, um, or it might be four years, actually, now. No, no, it's been three years, I think. We've been doing, um, 
what am I trying to say? Like our Christmas, our low key Christmas trips, we do them with your sister. Oh yeah. Um, so we always we've always gone on a Christmas trip, whether it was going out to Arizona and going to the North Pole experience. That was so fun. Or going up to a Big Bear and you we know. went to the last year we went to uh, Balboa Pier. Or Balboa, what is it called? Balboa Island. Balboa Island. That was so fun. I really liked that last year. And so this year we're going to Big Bear again, and we're going a little bit after Christmas. So we do that at my mom's house. We have chicken and waffles Mm -hmm. every Christmas. So this year we're doing it big. I'm making French toast casserole, which is basically like a French toast or a bread pudding type of thing. And it has like a crumble on top, and it's so good. Like a brown sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg crumble on top, and it's delicious. And... We're making um, shrimp and grits, and my sister's making shrimp and grits and crab stuffed shrimp to go with it. So listen, this is our Christmas tradition. That's my favorite part of Christmas every year. And me and my husband, we ordered tamales from a tamale lady. Mm. <laughs> and so hopefully they're good. If they're not, then I'm going to have to stump them out on the outside. I'm about, oh to throw them the <laughs> I'm about to throw the tamales on the floor and stump them out. <laughs> you don't think my joke is funny, babe? Mm-mm. Okay. Cause you always say stuff like that. He, <laughs> he, I literally got that from him, guys. And now he's trying to act like I say I'm, what? Now he's trying to act like I'm crazy <laughs> right now. He's the worst. Uh, we'd be at a restaurant, and like I say, okay, if the food ain't good, I'm gonna take my plate back there to the chef and throw it at him. Do <laughs> like something like that. Yeah, and now he's now he's over here gaslighting uh, me. Don't good do times. me. Good times. Good times. Oh my gosh! And guys, you guys need to check out my best friends video i know that's so random but i wanted to say my best friend's video and her well it's really her husband's video but him and his daughter were dancing at um i feel like this is fitting into roots and bloom you know girl dad so him, him and his daughter were dancing um and he's this big old samoan and he has a tutu on and he's dancing in her ballet with her and it was so cute and, you know, yay for getting rid of toxic masculinity. Yay for being comfortable with your masculinity. Yay for being there for your child, for your daughter. Yay for just being a good dad, you know? I just love that. I love that for them. What do you think? Yeah, that was a good that was a good video. Like, I texted him. I said, I said really, all jokes is because, you know, I mean, I always got to make some type of joke or whatnot, especially with... with uh, the the wife of the of the two but anyway i just said that um all jokes aside really like watch that video really you know it really cures my my childhood heart you know like just watching him just be a father and just thinking on just like you know everybody that grew up like without like their father in the mix are like freight relationships and things like that like we are really the generation that are that is beginning to really turn that around you know, really be in our kids' lives and not only just be there in our kids' lives, but being active. I mean, that's being active. You know yeah. what I mean? Not only just not just taking your daughter to the recital and being there to cheer her on, but being six five, three hundred pounds Samoan, getting on stage and your own tutu and dancing with her, like Yeah. And you know, I also wanna make mention to like anticipating your children's needs, like you know, a lot of people and a lot of men specifically, like, I guess this is the man-hating podcast today, huh? 
<laughs> but anyways, a lot of men specifically, they wait until someone communicates a need for them. They don't necessarily take the initiative and be like, I'm going to do this, you know? And so I think that that is a good way that he anticipated his daughter's needs. Like, you know, and people might think, oh, she's only three. She's not going to remember that. But yes, her mind and her heart remembers that, even though she won't actually remember that but like her her body her soul will remember that her her cells will remember that they remember that feeling of of being appreciated and you know it's like why um if you uh abuse or hurt a child from zero to four it's not that they can remember the abuse necessarily but it's their body remembers that and so I think it's really important for fathers specifically for their daughters to really anticipate those needs and don't wait for your daughter to ask you for what she needs just say like just be there for her she doesn't need to run into your arms for you to jump and swing her around mm. no just hold her in your arms and swing her around and tell her how much you love her you know she doesn't you don't have to wait until she's acting out and scream because you know that's what it turns into as a teenager is they start acting out and rebelling and yeah and that's their way of communicating their need but no longer can they say it anymore because you know and they really can say it as a child and so i think it's important to your children's needs even as mothers and fathers in general like just go up and give your daughters those flowers and kiss them on their foreheads and and buy things for them for valentine's day and surprise them as you surprise your wife surprise your daughters and then um you know your sons too just your kids and generals and moms too like you know like when you pick them up from school and, you know, instead of the same rigor, rigmarole and yelling at them and all that kind of stuff, surprise them with McDonald's in the car. Take them to go get ice cream or even the same, you know, when they get up in the morning, you give them the same routine every day and kids act like they forget every single day. How about you do something different? Hey, you know what? Just put your clothes on. I already have your guys' toothbrushes ready. Just put your clothes on, brush your teeth. We're going to go get donuts this morning. We're going to Starbucks this morning. We're going to go and uh, go to the park and sit at the park for 20 minutes before school and y'all going to just play. Or how about let's sit on the couch and watch a TV together? You know, kind of switch it up. And I think a lot of parents, sorry, I didn't know this was going to be a whole preaching sermon, but <laughs> I think honestly, though, a lot of parents, we don't anticipate our children's needs and we wait so long and we wait until they're acting up to really, you know, pinpoint and, and, uh, you know, try and all of a sudden fill the gap when at that point it's low key, a little too, it's not too late. It's never too late, but it's a little too late, you know? Yeah. So anyways, to my friends, Tony and Tiana, you guys are doing great. I love to see it. You inspire me and, you know, all that. Yep, yep, good stuff. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and move into our lifestyle section. Um, so I want to do something different for this week since we're closing, getting close to closing out 2023 in the year of our Lord, 2023. Um... I want to do like some list because I love a good list and I love a good like top 10 top whatever list. So this week I want to do top 10 or top 10 2023 favorites. Okay. All right. And so I gave you the criteria um, of questions. It's like we're going to do your top two favorite experiences this year. Top two things that you either bought yourself or were gifted. 
um, your favorite TV show from this year, your favorite movie from this year, your top two moments in pop culture that you love this year. One funny thing or the funniest thing that you saw or that happened this year. And then your biggest lesson learned from this year. So I'm not going to ask them in that order, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you the first one. And then we can both just, you know, give our answers and then give a little brief why. Okay. That's why you answered that way. So I guess I'll start us off with, no, well, actually, I'll ask you first. Number 10, give me one of your top 10 experience. Give me one of your experiences from this year that you love, your favorite experience. My favorite experience. (laughs) You were struggling (laughs) to get that out, huh? That man was fighting for his life, y'all. He's coming up for air. (laughs) Okay, so my favorite experience this year was going on my first solo dolo trip to well, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's the first to Colorado Mm -hmm. for a whole week for a school psych conference. And it was the best week of my entire year. Like seriously, that there's nothing that tops that experience. It was literally amazing. Just waking up to myself, just doing what I wanted to do, learning that I could do hard things. I just took the train by myself. I walked everywhere by myself. It was just an amazing, amazing time. And low-key, I kind of was not depressed, depressed, but I was a little depressed when I got back because, I don't know, it was just so amazing. It was such an amazing, rich experience. Hmm. I needed even longer, a little bit. Well, I was excited to go home because I yeah. missed my family and my kids. But I was a little bit sad that, like, I don't know that, I just wasn't going to have that autonomy and all that stuff. It was great. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to really get back into the normalcy of things because, A, me and you've been married since 19. You know, we're, we're 33 now, so we haven't been, you haven't been by yourself for that long. Then we throw kids in the mix, so that's understandable. It was beautiful, too. Um, my, my number 10, one of my favorite experiences this year was actually going to the Little Sims uh, concert or live show when she came to LA. For those of you who don't know who Little Sims is, she's a an artist from the UK. She's a rapper. Um, that's really much what she's known for in the music realm. But she's also a, a model and an actress as well. But anywho, um, yeah, this was my first time seeing her live because since she's from the UK, she doesn't she comes out to America and does shows, but um like they're kind of far and few between. You know what I mean? Um so her coming out to LA um it was you know it was for the album that i think is probably her greatest album that she's made so far artistically so she was doing that album um i got to go with my brother and my sister who my brother knew knew who she was my sister had no idea who she was so she just went to this concert on a limb with this and we just really enjoyed ourselves like she put on a dope live show this is i've been to a lot of concerts this is probably one of the dopest live shows i've ever seen and she didn't even really have that much like you know like me and you we went to the kendrick lamar big steppers tour or whatnot and like you could tell like he put in some money into his stage the dancers all that good stuff oh man what little sims did was just dope and that's it's in my top it's in my top three concerts i've ever been to so far so wow i played sims on the computer Nah, not that. I'm talking about Simbi. Uh, I Simbi. love Simbis. That's her, her real name is Simbi. Um, but anywho, going to number nine, what was one of your favorite things that you either bought yourself or that you were gifted? One of my favorite things that I um, 
bought myself or were gift was gifted was my friend gave me $50 to get my nails done and that was just like a random gift and she paid for me to go to the spa for my birthday we went to the spa together Mm -hmm. and I just thought that that was so thoughtful and loving listen and this inflation day because it is inflated out here. everything is expensive and so I just like you know that was just really thoughtful and really just great it was just honestly two great things and it's the same friend for both of them so I'm like, listen, for her birthday, we about to turn it up, okay? Bruh, man, you hit the nail on the head right there and the, talking about inflation. Bro, I went to go have sushi the other day, and a straight-up crunch roll was $18. Yeah, that's why. Like, that's usually a $9 Yeah, I'm like, bruh, 18, an $18 roll used to be like the baked lobster roll. And the baked lobster roll, I forgot how much that was, but it was up there in the 20s. Maybe even like 26. I'm like, bruh, come on now. <laughs> for one roll? But anyway... All right, uh, my number nine, the thing I bought myself for that was gifted to me this year was my AirPod Pro Maxes that you gave me for my birthday. You're welcome. Man, now I already told you how much I love music. I love music even more with these headphones because <laughs> I, I don't want to give Apple a free commercial, but I mean, my goodness. Not they a made a quality. They made themselves a quality headphone. And you know me, I was kind of on strike from over here headphones because I was heavy into my Beats by Dre. And then my Beast by Dre messed up, or they broke, they cracked, and I tried to get them repaired, and this was after Apple had actually bought Beast by Dre. Um, and then they wouldn't repair them for some reason. And so after that, I was like, man, I ain't buying no more of these headphones. But, you know, here I am now. I got my AirPod Pro Maxes with the noise cancellation and isolation mode that just, you really can't hear anything. I can wear them in my office on transparency mode, listen to my music, but still pick up if somebody's calling my name or trying to get my attention. It's just perfect, man. And they look nice. You know, they have a, just a, they have a sleek look that when you see them, you know exactly what they are, even though they don't even have an Apple logo on them anywhere. Um, so that was my favorite gift. One of my favorite gifts for this year. Okay. All right. Number eight. Give me a moment in pop culture this year that you love. A moment in pop culture that I love is Crazy Jada speaking her truth. <laughs> Shut up, Crazy Jada. <laughs> now, why why do you love that? Because she, I just love to see the drama. Okay, like, I love girl, to see the drama. I love to see it. They, you know, they both crazy. Will crazy too. Crazy Jada and Crazy Will. It's crazy. It was crazy to though to watch the demise of their relationship. And just it going lower into the trenches right now. And, you know, it's just it's just wild that people used to be like, oh, that Will and Jada love. But anyway, so yeah. that was a, a moment in pop culture that, I mean, it was like the messy part of me loved. Yeah, bro, that was that was a little strange there. Got, got a little wild there. Um, So my number eight moment in pop culture that I loved this year was probably um, Shikari Richardson's return. Um, or, you know, her redemption story. Um, because, you know, back in, what was it? Twenty Was it 2020? Back in 2020, when she was trying to qualify for the Olympics, you know, she had all this hype behind her. You know what I mean? She and was, she was gonna, smoking that weed. Yeah, anyway, she ended up getting disqualified and not making the Olympic team get disqualified from it because she had weed in her system and... At that point, bruh, like, everybody just really turned their back on her. Like, you know, first we... Including they was, me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, everybody turned their back on her. Was like, how dumb is she? Blah blah blah. She's never gonna make it. Now she's never gonna be anything. So on and so forth, right? And here we are now, three three years later. She goes to the um, World Athletics Championship in Budapest. And she get regains her title as the fastest woman in the world. She wins gold in the 100 meters. She wins bronze in the 200 meters. She wins another gold medal in the 4x4 four four, or 4x1. Four um, and, yeah, like, she just then recaptures everybody's hearts. But what I really loved about her redemption, instead of her just coming back and saying, I told y'all, you know, I told y'all so, like, it's really like she took that three years because she went through a lot of stuff in that three years. And, you know, I'm guessing there's probably a lot of stuff she didn't really get to talk about, like depression or whatever, too. But you can just see that that three years really matured her. It really, you know, made her realize what time it is. You know what I mean? And she came back, like she said in her words, she's be- she's back and she's better. You know I'm what back I mean? and I'm better. Uh, so that was really one of the moments in pop culture I love this year. Yeah. All right, so number seven, what was your favorite movie this year? My favorite movie this year was Trolls. Trolls Band Together? Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> it was a good movie. They they do make a good Trolls movie, I'll tell you yeah. that. I, I don't think I've really, I don't think they've really had a bad one yet, to be quite honest. Yeah. They had the Trolls World Tour, which was the rock version. That was good, too. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that, but yeah, I said a lot of people didn't like it, but it was good. So, uh, that's a good one. So my favorite movie this year was Oppenheimer. Um, Christopher Nolan is my favorite director. I feel like you did a whole episode on Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because I, I think I did a film review on it. But um, yeah, my favorite movie was Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan is my favorite director, so I'm a little bit biased anyway. But his approach to just filmmaking, like he's not heavy on CGI. He loves to do practical stuff. And just the story of J. Opp- J. Robert Oppenheimer is just a fascinating story anyway. If most of you don't know, he's the coined as the father of the atomic bomb. Um, and you know, just, it was just a great story of exactly how that bomb was built, the aftermath of that, the things that happened before that. Um, it's a great story. And like I said, it's a great movie. Any Christopher, Christopher Nolan really hasn't missed yet to be quite honest. All right, number six. So this is your second. What is your favorite gift that you bought? What is the favorite thing that you bought yourself or a thing that you were gifted? Another thing that I was that I bought myself slash was gifted was my Gucci bag. Okay. And um you know, we bought that, but that's also that was like one of them reckless purchases, I believe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I could use that $1,600 right now. Stop playing. Yeah, but... But I do love the bag. Listen, you didn't just get that bag that then, day. You got them shoes that day, too. Yeah, but the bag is the prize, okay? Yeah. The bag is the prize. But, you know, so that was one of my favorite gifts. But I do feel like, listen, that $1,600 would hit. That would hit right now, baby. It would hit, hit right now. You but, really- yeah. All right, my number six thing that I bought myself or that I was gifted was you gifted me. This is another gift from you. You gifted me um, my um, my gift card to the float state. Now, if you don't know, such a good one. If you guys don't know what float state is, float state (laughs) is a float spa. Um, where you can, it's like it's like going into a deprivation tank. If you never did a float, so. There's it's like a just think of this as like a giant bathtub, like not bit not a giant pool, 
but like a giant bathtub that's full of Epsom salt to the point where when you're when you get in the water, your body just literally floats. Right. And then all the lights shut off. They have like this yoga ethereal music playing and then all the lights shut off and you're staying floating in this tank for an hour. Right. And so the benefits of it, is they say that going to sleep in a sleep tank like that for an hour is equivalent to four or five hours of sleep, you know. And there's other like benefits you can look up on Google about it, about like, you know, if you have back pains or body pains and stuff like that, it heals you from that and, you know, helps you progress along to be more healthy. But you guys should definitely check out. There's places like the Float State. There's places like um, Just Float in like Pasadena and other places but dope concept. All right. Number five, what is your second moment in pop culture that you love from this year? My second moment of pop of in pop culture is Kiki kicking that man to the curb and show <laughs> and showing her high and showing her this high lady quarters is to usher. Funny, yo. I why, love why, to see it. Why was that now? Why was that your favorite moment? Cause he was a bummy bum and like lady, like girl, you were all that in a bag of chips, honey. I'm sorry you had to get pregnant by that man, oh my but gosh. listen, I'm serious. Like, I'm sorry you couldn't have gotten a baby better baby daddy, but I'm glad that you realized your worth, honey. And you ain't letting no, uh, narcissistic, abusive weirdo mm-hmm. keep you down. Okay. I can't hit on that. All right, my second favorite moment in pop culture from this year, it actually just happened last week or whatnot. Um, this year is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, and last week, the Breakfast, the Breakfast Club, which is now just DJ Envy and Charlamagne, they had Grandmaster Flash on their show, and they interviewed him. Now, a lot of you probably like, who is Grandmaster Flash? Grandmaster Flash, he doesn't like to coin himself this, but essentially he is the per he is like the person that started hip hop. Um, he was like one of the first DJs. Actually, yeah, you I mean, you could say he was the first DJ. I, he he's just a cornerstone of hip hop. Like he it was the person that produced the message. The message is pretty much, you know, one of the first hip hop songs with Melly Mel and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. You've heard the song. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Um, Don't push me. But this interview was just so good. Like it was it's the best interview they've had to me so far. Grandmaster Flash had his turntable. He was showing his techniques of how he had to create certain techniques to DJ. He created he, he showed this technique that he created called the quick mix theory, which essentially today is what we call sampling. He created that method pretty much, but he was doing it manually. So like how Kanye West got famous with his production, Kanye West does a lot of samples. This is the person who essentially created sampling. Wow. Um, but like I said, without him, really, I don't think we would have like much in hip hop had he not did what he did um, on Cedric Avenue in the Bronx. Um, that's where, you know, the birth, where we call the birthplace of hip hop. And so just the culmination of 50 years of hip hop, like I said, me, I love music really is hip hop. That's my favorite genre. Um, I always credit hip hop with even like all the random facts and stuff I know. It's from hip-hop songs, like I've learned. Like, listen to Nas when he says, there was empires in Africa called Kush, Timbuktu, where every race came to get books. Like, now I'm going to Google, what was the Kush empire? Where was where was Timbuktu? You know, I'm Googling all this stuff. 
and and learning these random facts. So um, that was my. Uh, That's how you learned that Saturn was. The, I'm just playing. <laughs> even that, listen to Lupe Fiasco, you gonna learn some things about space. Listen to Logic and him having Eric Eric Michael Dyson on his album, who's an astrophysicist. Ooh, this is name soup. Yeah, you know. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, number four. What was your favorite TV show this year? My favorite TV show this year is First Wives Club. Okay. So why? Because I like it. And why do I like it? Because it's funny. Why is it funny? Because it's just a whole bunch of women just doing women's stuff, and it's just hilarious. Oh, okay. That's good. Correction, I said Eric Michael Dyson. Eric Michael Dyson is a, is a, is a great orator. I'm going to say Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Yeah, in my in my last one, he's an you're so funny because nobody would nobody nobody would have known, but that. I would I know anyway. Okay, uh, for you me, you know, baby. Yeah, for me, my favorite TV show this year had to be. Oh, I had a couple. It was almost a tie. Loki was pretty good. <sighs> Dang, you he's said so, one so bad for Jonathan Majors. Yeah, my number one though would probably be Silo that came on Apple oh, TV. Good show. Silo was so good. I, Silo was so good because it was that really the ending was unexpected to me. Um, the way that it ended, but I just thought that it was a good dystopian, futuristic type show. Aren't that they doing another season? Um, yeah, they're gonna come out another season. Okay, so um, it's not ended permanently. No, I'm saying the show's ending for this year. Let's oh, like okay. Oh, ended, okay, okay. I how get the it. show ended? I get it. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, that's that's my favorite show this year. So you guys should check that out on Apple TV Plus. Number three, what was the funniest thing that happened this year? You think? The funniest thing that happened this year was on Halloween, I was dressed as Mario, and there was a kid dressed as Spider-Man, and he was acting up, and I had to chase him. And so, <laughs> all you... So, you ch- Mario chasing around Spider-Man. Yes, and, like, you could see it from the street, and so, like, I just, and I just kept... It's so funny, because as I was chasing him, I was like, I was going, wahoo, mama mia. <laughs> Oh my god! And so, because you know, I'm just so immature like that. But I also think that it's fun, you know. And a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, that makes my life so hard when kids are acting like that." But honestly, I think it's fun. And because I worked at a juvenile hall, then no behavior really surprises me as long as you're not like, uh, you know, rubbing feces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then we're good. And so, anyways, that was so funny to me. And I wish somebody would have recorded that or had a video because I'm sure it was just crazy. Did you have to jump over like barrels and stuff? I had to go through fences. I was doing the most, okay? (laughs) God, let's say another fun random fact. The first time Mario ever appeared was actually in the first iteration of Donkey Kong. Oh, wow. The Donkey Kong game. That's interesting. The original 2D Donkey Kong game was just literally Kong throwing down barrels that rolled like that. And then the Mario had to jump over them. Oh, anyway. interesting. All right. So going on to number two, what was your, this is your second experience. What was your favorite experience of 2023? My favorite experience of 2023. I don't remember that one on my list. Oh, my. oh I'm tripping. My bad. I didn't give my funniest thing. Oh, you got something funny? Oh, the funniest thing that I think happened this year. I don't know if y'all, a lot of y'all didn't see, or a lot of y'all remember it, or probably didn't, wasn't paying attention but Brett, Joe Biden's dog, <laughs> they had to get rid of Joe Biden's dog at the White House because he kept biting people. 
But it wasn't like, oh, he bit three people. He had 11 incidents at the White House. What, was he old or demented <laughs> or something? He was a German shepherd. Nah, he was like, a, I don't, well, I don't know how dog was he years. he just bad? I think he was just bad. I don't know how dog years go, but he was a two-year-old German shepherd. Bruh. He was a baby. He had 11 incidents. You would think after the second one, they was like, mm, let's let's go ahead and keep him in a kennel or something. He said, y'all making me nervous. Bruh. I was like, 11 incidents anyway. I remember like, I remember the. I know he sat from going to the White House I remember on the, else. I remember on the last straw, they had like a whole news article about him. It was just a picture of just a dog, a big old German shepherd. And it looked like he was smiling. Like, it was just, that was the funniest thing to me. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, back to your number two. What was your What was your favorite experience of this year? Well, my favorite would have been going on my solo trip, but so my second favorite is going to Universal Studios with my baby, August, and getting to see Mario Land. I just love Universal Studios. Honestly, that's my favorite uh-huh. theme park. I'm not necessarily a theme park type of person. That's your favorite theme park of all time. Like it is Disney, over lo- Disneyland. Yes, I love huh. Universal Studios. Like that's my. I I would get a membership there. What do they call it? An annual a season pass. pass. Yeah, I would totally get one. And so that was just fun though to be able to experience that with my baby, have some good quality mommy son time. I feel like we. I mean, we're already pretty bonded. He's a mama's boy for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I got to really see him as a person and enjoy him as a person. And so I thought that was great. Okay, that's good. My favorite experience from this year um, had to be actually my birthday, my surprise birthday trip going to San Francisco. Wow. I mean, I'm killing it this year as a wife. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought that we was going to do something like low-key. I was thinking maybe like, oh, maybe we'll probably like do a beach trip or something like that. Or like, because you know me, like I'm a I'm a driver. I like to like do stuff like drive up the coast, drive up the coast and see the water and go to a restaurant to eat or something like that. So I honestly thought we were maybe going to do like something low-key or whatnot. But you told me a couple, take a couple days off. That's what I thought from work. And lo and behold... We driving up to an airport and going to San Francisco. Um, with the kids. Yeah, we, yeah, we have the kids, too. And we've been in San Francisco before, which I the first time I went to San Francisco, I immediately fell in love. And I always say, man, San Francisco, that's like my second home. Because <laughs> I love the place so much, especially in the fall. But it was a really nice trip just being with that whole entire family. Our kids going to San Francisco for the first time. August has been wanting to see the Golden Gate Bridge in person for so long so i'm glad we were able to get on a boat ride and you know go under and around the the golden gate bridge walking through the city at night going to ghirardelli square um eating at boudin's and getting clam chowder going to that pizza spot that we went to that had just great pizza um it was a good trip all in all man and you know some core memories were built there especially for my kids so yeah that was my favorite experience. It was Ghirardelli's for me. Yep. All right, the last one. What was the biggest lesson you've learned from 2023? The biggest lesson I've learned is that I've made it through hard things. And, you know, I've I've made it through every hard thing that has ever come my way. And so I can continue to make it through hard things. And so I really just learned that lesson from the passing of my brother. Mm. And, you know, this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. And, you know, it's just life has to go on and I need to just take time to prioritize myself and just to really think about those memories. Mm. 
and you know um I've made it through hard things before so I guess I'll continue to make it through those hard things it's good stuff babe good stuff all right my last one the biggest lesson I've learned um in 2023 would be to count the cost um and what I mean by that is in the bible Luke 14 28 um, it says, Ooh, we ended with a scripture, baby. You better, you better preach it. Yeah, Luke fourteen. Just remember, I know past the wife. Okay, and Luke fourteen twenty eight. It says, "For which, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it or not." And that may sound just simple and straight to the point, but it was very twofold for me. A um, on the financial side, and B just on the regular life side. On the financial side, bruh. This year was the year of like inflation. It was the year of inflation and the year of just, you know, kind of things happening that I feel like I didn't properly prepare for financially. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, we had a budget going and things of that nature, but like there were some things that kind of happened that we kind of knew about, but I didn't plan in my mind like, oh, I'm going to need extra money for that or need extra funds for this. And with inflation and just things happening, like finances kind of like got out of control. Um, but God is faithful and God is just a provider. Like he's going to supply our needs regardless. But then on the life side of counting the costs, um, just what you said about, you know, about Troy um, and just like his passing, like things like that. It really puts me into like an introspective mode to like ask myself, am I even counting the costs with my family and with the time that I have? A lot of us, we just go through life and think that we'll just kind of get tomorrow to do X, Y, and Z or get next week to do X, Y, and Z. But you really have to count the cost when it comes to spending time with your family, to really spending time with your kids um, and just your wife. And I think the last the last straw for me or that put the pen, you know, put the pen in that for me is you watching your favorite show from this year too, the First Wives Club, and you coming in and telling me about an episode where someone passes away and they passed away unexpectedly. Um, and the spouse of that person was just like, you know, here I was trying to be successful and trying to, you know, gain notoriety and not spending time with my wife like I should have. And yeah. so, you know, that just made me think like, I'm like, you know, going forward, if I say like, I want to build a family and I want my family to be X, Y, and Z or be this way, I have to continue to count the cost and put my money where my mouth is and put my time where my family is um, to be able to continue to build those memories and to, you know, continue to lay the foundation for the legacy that I see in my mind for our family. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my biggest lesson, counting the costs. And that was that was our list, our top 10 list for the year 2023. And number 1 is our book came out. Number 1 one. Number yeah, one no, yeah, number 1 overall is Number 1 asterisk. Yeah, number 1 number 1 overall is that we released our first children's book this year. And if you want to support us and purchase that, you can look in the description of this podcast and there's a link for you to go ahead and purchase that from Amazon. Matter of fact, if you buy it today while this when this podcast comes out, you can buy it today and it'll get there before Christmas. How about that? <laughs> How about that? You're so funny. Man, God is good. Um but um man, we just thank you. We just thank you guys for tuning in to us this week. Um as always, we just want to say how grateful we are. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're here listening to us. Um, we don't want to take that for granted. So please leave us a comment. Leave us some feedback. Follow us on Instagram and 
wherever our social profiles are those are in the description as well and um we just thank you again man we can't thank you enough um so until next week as always you guys have a great week have a great christmas and until next time you guys have a good one god bless